Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Remember now, if you follow Fog City Psychic on Instagram and Facebook, you can keep up with my shenanigans, which always include, yes, radio stuff and yes, intuitive stuff, but also includes a new poppy. Miss Maisie has joined our family, and it includes the usual yarn and jigsaw puzzle foolishness that you would expect from me. So that's Fog City Psychic on Instagram and Facebook. And speaking of shenanigans, this month, Out of the Fog is transitioning to Anchor and Spotify as our main podcast hosts. And I was setting everything up to get ready for this first recording, and I found a cool little feature on our page that's at anchor.fm slash out of the fog. If you go to that page, you'll see a little plus sign in a button that says message. And if you click that, you can leave me a voice message. I think it's limited to 60 seconds, but I'd love for you to try that because I'd love to hear your feedback. And I'm putting together another listener mailbag episode of this program, like I did in December, where I answer listener questions. So maybe you've got a question that you'd like to leave me in a voice message. So head over to anchor.fm slash out of the fog, click that little button. There's a little plus sign and a button that says message. Click that and just shoot me a message. And I'm excited to hear how this comes together. So how many journals do you own? People buy me beautiful blank books. I buy them for myself and I promise myself I will write in them. This time's going to be different. I'm going to write in them. And I sit down with my fancy pen and I crack the cover of that beautiful book and nothing. And this has been going on for years. My guest on today's show is Noelle Van Vleerbergen, and she's here to share how she came up with a method that actually works to get you journaling and how this practice, taking time for yourself for writing, can help you move through change. Are you ready to meet her? Noelle Van Vleerbergen is a certified integrative health counselor, life and addiction recovery coach. She's the author of Day by Day Book, A Plan for Change, and The Sober Leap, Practical Wisdom to Create an Amazing Life Beyond Addiction. She's also the founder of Sober Moxie, an online resource that provides community, guidance, and inspiration to women in sobriety. You can find out lots more about Noelle and her work at daybydaybook.com. Noelle, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm glad you're here. So let's, hmm, let's start with this. What are some misconceptions about journaling and why aren't we doing it? Very, that's a very good question. And I can say to you that from what I've heard from others, as well as feelings that I've had myself when I first started journaling, which was many, many moons ago, um, was that it just, it felt like it would take too long to sit down with a book and start writing. I mean, a lot of people, I think, are a little intimidated by the idea of writing in general. Um, and so just taking that time out of your day, especially if you're going through any kind of challenge or change, which is kind of where we'll go to with this book. But, um, you know, you just don't necessarily feel as though you have the time to do it. And there are ways of, of alleviating that. And there are ways to make journaling fun and and there's ways that you can kind of expand on your journaling as you get more comfortable with it. So I think that's, that's a biggie. I think the other thing that, that has been brought to my attention just around this 
this book in general is people sometimes feel a little nervous to journal because oftentimes I think when we do journal, um, you find that there's things that kind of come up and out that maybe you weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever had that where, you know, even in high school, writing in your notebook or jotting down things going on just sort of off the cuff, sometimes things kind of come up that were unexpected. And so there can be a little bit of an element of fear there as well. And I would think, especially when we're in times of change or when something has especially driven us again to look at that practice of writing, we could be a little afraid of those things that might come up. What if that's too much? What if we can't handle it? What if we don't want to know? Well, and that's, I think, part of the process, right? I think what I, and I've said this to many people when I, I got sober 10 years ago. So in my early days of recovery, I tell, tell people this all the time that journaling really saved my life. I mean, it was an opportunity for me to look within, in what ended up feeling like more of a safe place only because, you know, it was between me and myself. I could put down on paper things that were going on that I knew wasn't in a conversation with somebody or was, you know, in in a situation that maybe I wasn't ready for quite yet. Um, so I think that sometimes it takes a little bit of practice, um, because change is not comfortable sometimes, right? So there is a little bit of a process that we have to go through, but I always say, you know, just getting started, um, I think it can take some of that sort of, um, concern out of it once you get going and realize, oh, okay, this is really, this is a way to get more in connection with myself, more than anything else. And sometimes things might come up that are scary, but that's going to push me forward and kind of take you to that next level or that next step that you need to get to. You mentioned being in sobriety and I know you have a special connection with women in recovery. Are you comfortable sharing a little bit of your story and maybe how, what your experience was helped you then create these resources for the rest of us? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, got sober 10 years ago, I had been um, drinking pretty much for eight years prior to that, but probably earlier than that before it became a problem. But um, when I decided to get sober, it was, it had a lot to do with my physical health. Um, It had a lot to do with the way I felt like I was looking at the world very differently. I felt like I was very, very depressed. Um, Probably didn't realize it till after the fact and really getting out of it and being able to look at it in retrospect. But um, it was definitely, I I had come to a place where I really didn't have a choice. Um, And when I say that, you know, journaling was a really big part of it, I started journaling and I started kind of jotting down thoughts. And then I kind of got a little curious, (laughs) which sometimes can be a good thing. Sometimes it's not such a good thing, but this, this time it was a good thing. I got very curious about my level of energy, like I was so, when, when you're newly sober, and I say this to anyone who has been through this, um, they probably can relate that there is a element of just sort of coming out into the clear, you know, you're, you're coming out of something um, that was really damping you down for quite a bit of time, depending on how long you were, you know, actively drinking. And it's, it's a place where you, it's, it's tough. The first, I mean, I would say the first year of sobriety was really, really tough. And so 
what I did is I started jotting down some of those things and like, kind of, what is my day like today? How am I feeling? Not just what are my thoughts around things, but am I feeling low energy? Am I feeling, you know, and, and I started to really kind of notice patterns, which is really where the idea from that the book came from is that I designed sort of a basic system just to log what was going on with me. Because once I started to be able to look back and see what those patterns were, I could really adjust what I was doing because my activities, you know, it was like, okay, if you're sitting around, lying around on the couch all day and not eating well, um, which I, I would say was probably some of the things that I was doing in that, in that phase, right? You're not really having a whole lot of activity because you don't feel great. You obviously are, you know, getting over something physically um, in a pretty big way. Um, and so I started to do that and, and I recognized that that was really helping me. It was helping to connect the dots for me so that I could start adjusting what I was doing and what I was thinking, right? That's part of the journaling piece, um, how to turn some of those things around so that I could feel better. I'm a big believer in the way that intention and attention turn something ordinary into something sacred. And one of the things I know about addiction is that whatever it is that we're in an addictive relationship with, and that could be drugs or alcohol, it could be donuts, it could be relationships, whatever it is that we're in an addictive relationship with, that addiction can stop us from noticing a lot of the things that are happening around us. And one of the things that I like about the practice of journaling, and one of the things I specifically like about the day-by-day -day book, which is what you've created, is that it brings my attention back, and a good spiritual practice does this too, it brings my attention back again and again to the places where I'm not noticing, and it invites me to pay attention, make that shift. Yeah. Well, and I think that the what you say is really important because a lot of addictive behavior, the reason why we indulge in the way that we do is to sort of numb out, right? And so it's no secret and was no secret to me with myself as well as others when I introduced the book to them because the, the, first, the first version of the book was for addiction recovery. And, you know, you are met with this resistance because not only am I, you know, now going through a physiological change because I've just, you know, quit using a substance that I've been really, really dependent on for several years, many years in my case. Um, but now you're asking me to like, actually get in touch with my body, <laughs> you know, and, and recognize what's going through my mind and, and really looking at that. So it is definitely a shift, which is why I say, you know, the, the reason why the system was really set up the way it was, was I knew nobody was going to want to sit down for an hour and, and go through that exercise. I just, I, I know myself, I know that in, in my case, that was not the first thing that I wanted to do was go lie down, not go sit and, and start like regurgitating something that might've happened to me eight years ago yeah. on paper. Right. And so, um, that's, that is a, that's a biggie and, and it's a huge shift. But what I can say is with practice and after doing it and recognizing the benefits of it and really being able to see some of the things that come up that you, you know, you never even realized might've been going on. Um, I think it really, it can, it can really shift the way that people view it. 
You are listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Noelle Van Vleerbergen. She is the creator of the Day by Day book, and you can find out more information at daybydaybook.com. And Noelle has a freebie for us. If you're interested in getting a free quick resource to help you feel better in just three minutes, here comes a link. You'll also find this link on the show page, um, wherever you get your podcast. Here comes the link. It's shop daybydaybook.com slash pages slash better in and then the number three. I'm going to say it again, shop.daybydaybook.com slash pages slash better in three. It's a number three. Go there and pick up that little freebie. So Noelle, I'd love to talk about how you developed the system that you use in the day by day book. And maybe if you can share with listeners ways that they can get started, even if they don't have one of these in their hands, because journaling is such a powerful tool. And one of the things that's great about it is that I can start on a post-it note. I can start by writing on a piece of paper towel with a lipstick, right? I can't, the most important thing is just to start. Yes. And I, I can tell you, I can, I can simplify this a little bit too, just to kind of give people the concept. So the way that I look at this is thoughts and behavior equal your mood and energy. So if you can think about it that way, and you can think about, okay, the types of thoughts that I have that go through my mind throughout the day, how can I turn those around to make sure that There is not heavy negativity or things that are depleting my energy, because we all know you have a bad thought or a a self-defeating thought at 9 a.m. and the whole day can go sideways, right? Depending on kind of where you let that take off to. So thoughts are a biggie. And that's why, and thank you for mentioning the freebie, because that's something that it's super simple. It's just a quick one pager, but it's such a huge um, help to really ask yourself those critical questions when a thought comes to mind and you can quickly um, sort of cut it off at the pass and really reframe it in a way that either it's not so energy depleting or it's something that you realize is, is not correct or not true, right? Which I think we often take our thoughts for granted and just think, well, you know, what's going through my head is obviously what I believe and we don't really question ourselves all the time. So that is really helpful. But I also think that behavior is another one. And, and that's really when I, when I think of the com- components in the book, you know, we have like AM and PM check-ins, right? So you can sort of gauge how you're feeling in the morning, how you're feeling in the evening, um, mood checks throughout the day. So if there's any way that you can even just track that on your own, you know, you could, I, I use like the color coding system, because I think that that's easier than when you're looking at your entire week to say, oh, okay, you know, I had three blue days. So I know that something was going on there. How do I go back and kind of, um, you know, see what that was all about. Um, But the other thing too, is activity and activity is a really big one. And I, with my clients in recovery, especially I work with them on ritual and, you know, really finding those practices that you can make as part of your day that first of all, add structure, because that's a really critical component, especially in early recovery, um, to really have those go-to places or go-to rituals was what I call them, but practices, um, activities that, that, that bring you joy. Um, and, and have those throughout the day and change them up if they're not working. So if you're not into yoga and everybody's telling you, you need to do yoga, don't do yoga, 
<laughs> you know, walk or go out with the dog or, you know, things that, that bring you joy. It's all trial and error, which is why the system is unique in, in a way that you can personalize really the program that you set up for yourself and you can take a look at what's working, what's not working and, you know, tweak it as you need to. And we change, you know, we change our minds and, and, and our ideas of what's fun and what's not sometimes on a weekly basis. So that could be something that you need to do. Um, but it's all about really sort of listening to yourself. Um, but I would say that to break it down, that's kind of the easiest way that I look at it. It's always just, you know, your thoughts and your behavior are really what, what will determine your mood for the day, your mood for the week, your mood for the month, um, as well as your just levels of energy. So I've been working with the day by day book for about two weeks now. And one of the things that I, I don't know if I realized I felt this way until I started doing this. I'm starting to realize how my journaling time, which is with this system is it's a, just a little bit of time, several times a day, a little bit of time, meaning like a minute and a half, several times a day, right? A little bit of time, several times a day. I'm realizing that that time is for me. And one of the reasons that I know as me that I don't journal is because I'm feel like I must be writing this for someone else, for a future Karen, or maybe for the person who bought me that beautiful, expensive blank book that I can't write in. And one of the things about healing of all kinds, whether it's from addiction, from trauma, from um, just you trying to um, increase your spiritual practice, feel more connected. One of the things about healing is that you start to realize that there are things that are yours, that belong to you, that are private for you, that start to awaken compassion, awaken mindfulness. And those are the things. And for me, this journal is becoming one of those things. Those are those things that really help you move it forward. So I love the way you've created this Noel in a way that at least doesn't make me feel like I'm writing this for someone else. I don't feel like you're going to look over my shoulder and check my work or that my mother will appear, you know, from hidden inside a closet and like, what are you writing there? That's not good enough. It's mine. And I love it. Well, and the one thing that I have to say, and this is kind of a, this is funny because I've had people say to me, you know, what I love about the book is that I can put the dates in. And if I go back and I miss two days, I don't completely beat myself up about it because I just, I just write the next day. It's not yeah. like, I, cause you know how you have pre, you know, journals that are or calendars that you're like, oh gosh, okay. I missed three days. But I think you just bring up such a, it's so poignant to say this because I think that one of the biggest lessons that I've learned on my journey, and it's been a, you know, it's an ongoing one, yeah. um, but is that self-care, you know, people use that term all the time. And even just using the term, you know, do things or choose those things that bring you joy. It took me a while to get to that place of really um, just putting myself first. Like you said, even putting yourself first in a way that's, simple, like giving yourself the five minutes to sit down with a book or, I mean, and it could be any book. It could be the journal. It could be reading a book. It could be, but, but giving yourself that time, um, you know, it's not, it, it's not a given to a lot of people. I think that, you know, we are really busy doing, doing, doing a lot for others. Right. I think that that's, that's a pretty basic, um, thing that's, that's, you know, that, that a lot of people do and they don't think about themselves as much. And I think it's just taking that time. It's, it's just those little things that I think really, really help on a lot of different levels. 
Now, the one of the things that I know about this is that there are different versions of of the daybook. Can you talk about what those are and how they're different? Absolutely. So the classic is the just the journal for change, which is basically the non-recovery journal. There's a recovery journal and there's a non-recovery journal. So the classic version just offers support for any life change. So it could be personally or professionally, you know, whether you're going through a health issue, going through a divorce, new motherhood, you name it, any kind of change that might be coming up for you. Um, All three books, just so you know, have the same system. So really what the difference is, is just the focus and the reference materials within the book. So um, the classic is, is obviously focused on change of any kind. And then the recovery journal is designed for just offering those additional handholds for those going through addiction recovery. Um, And then lastly is the teen version, which is something that I created right after the recovery book. And, And the impetus for that really was, you know, Teens, well, we all know everybody's going through a lot of change these days. Um, Teens especially are going through, I think, a lot of ups and downs. And um, during challenging times, I know for myself, and I've I've heard from lots of mothers that, um, you know, teens don't necessarily know how to access or express emotion in the way that they could. And knowing from, you know, growing up and not necessarily doing that very well myself, I often think, wow, if I had the opportunity to do that, or if I had really been able to, I don't know, just understand my feelings a little bit better and, and be in an environment or be in a community or around people that really encouraged that, that things might've been a little different, right? Um, Because I know addictive behavior can often stem from that. Um, or the inability to do that. And so I created the teen book really just out of that understanding that that's an age range that can be extra, extra difficult. Um, And so that book is really more focused on just how to physically access feelings in your body and then identifying mentors or seeking support from others when things aren't feeling okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And then really just expressing yourself in a more healthy and productive way. So that's, that's the one version that's really near and dear to my heart, just because Mm -hmm. I feel as though that's something that, that is super, super helpful and useful, especially right now, because I know that teens um, in particular are going through some difficult times, especially post pandemic. And well, are we post, I don't know if we're post pandemic, but pandemic. We're we're something, I don't even, I've (laughs) given up labeling. I don't know. Me too, too. but Mm. how do you, you said something that just made a little light go off for me. You talked about accessing feeling, accessing emotion in the body. What do you do when you find yourself not sure what you're feeling? What are some tools maybe that listeners could use to tap into that emotion? We, I think sometimes get so far out ahead of ourselves, we don't really know what we're feeling. And that's, I think that's pretty typical for most of us, right? We're we're doing, doing, doing all the time. Um, I was introduced to body scan, I don't know how many years ago, and it pretty much changed my life (laughs) in terms of, of how to be able to actually recognize emotion. Um, So what I often do, and it's not to say that you can label it within the moment, but I think that this is super helpful to really feel where it's coming from in your body. 
And so I, just to give you an example, when I get anxious, I feel it in my stomach. I know that in my stomach, that is anxiety. Like I've known that since I was a little girl, I just, that's just always been the case. And when people can actually get a sense of where it's at, where it's happening, the, the awareness in and of itself is huge because you're, you're pausing, you're acknowledging that it's happening, right? You're not overriding an emotion and just moving on because that's where we stuff things down. And then things come out later that are obviously, you know, unhealthy. Um, and so I would say for, for anyone, first of all, body scan is, is, and you can look it up and people can Google it in terms of how, I mean, you literally, you can lie down and kind of literally go through your body from your top to your, you know, your, your head to your toe and, and try to identify where you're feeling, where that feeling's coming from, and then be able to kind of look deeper into that and say, okay, so I have a headache. Is that, what is this headache coming from? Am I, am I feeling stressed out? Am I, I mean, sometimes it could be have I not eaten? <laughs> you know, sometimes it's not necessarily a, you know, it, so it could be a whole bunch of different things, but I think that is, that is a place to start because people, I don't think often think of emotion being felt physically ever. They don't make that connection. Um, and so I would say that would be, a, that would be my, my, yeah, my recommendation, not having necessarily, I, I don't necessarily sort of walk people through that process, mm-hmm. but I've had that done and it's been super, super helpful. Yeah. Well, and sometimes the, just the power of allowing yourself to stop and take a breath. Let me just stop and check in. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm feeling. And as you're saying, and now how can I go deeper with this? Do I, am I feeling this in my toes, my ankles, my legs, my knees, my um, sometimes just that stopping to take a breath. I'm a big believer in the power of the breath to to kind of pause, almost break up situations or patterns. So when I let myself sit with that, no matter how I'm feeling, it kind of gives me permission to feel what I'm feeling. And from there, now we can build a path to why am I feeling this way? What do I want to do with it? And so I love that. I love that tool of, of the breath as well. Uh, You're building a community around the day book. There's already a community there. How can listeners connect with that? So they can go to my website and it's called the Daybook movement, which is just a community that we're building. That's based on the principle that change is inevitable. And our purpose really is to just be okay with change, knowing that change is going to be with us. (laughs) Um, And it's here to help us learn and grow. And so what I really wanted to do is build a community around that so that we could, you know, inform people about change. I mean, we have a weekly newsletter, I guess I'd call it email newsletter that goes out talk, talking about different types of change and just being able to ultimately share our stories. And, you know, for those that are working with the day book, I would love to have share circles around that as well, where people can really share their experiences, um, talk about how they've used the book, ways of using the system in different ways um, to really just kind of offer that support to one another. Because I think you know, we're in a time right now that um, change is all around us. Mm -hmm. And whether you're experiencing it personally, or it's things that are happening, you know, within the environment, um, everybody needs a little bit of support and camaraderie around some of this. And so I really see this as an opportunity to bring people together around it. Beautiful. And well, thank you so much for 
talking with us. I appreciate your insight and the kind of, I'm not going to have the right word, a kind of an, oh, that's better feeling around the ideas of journaling and how it can be safe to write down what we're feeling and what we're going through. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. This was such a pleasure. I've been talking with Noelle van Vleerbergen. She is the creator of the Daybook Method, and you can find out more about Noelle and her work at daybydaybook.com. That freebie that I mentioned, here comes, it's a long link and it's worth writing down. Are you ready? The freebie that she mentioned to get those resources to help you feel better in three minutes is at shop.daybydaybook.com slash pages slash better in three. It's a number three shop.daybydaybook.com slash pages slash better in three. You'll also find those that resource on the uh, show page at anchor FM and on blog talk radio and on Spotify and just everywhere you find good podcasts. And of course, um, you are always welcome to check in at karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. If you want to connect voice to voice and you're looking for compassionate, no-nonsense, intuitive guidance, I'd be happy to connect for a private session. So karenhager.com has all that information. Follow Fog City Psychic on Instagram and Facebook and see what happens when you click the message button in our new home at anchor.fm slash out of the fog. I'd love to get your feedback or questions as I put together that next listener mailbag episode that I hope will be airing in the next few weeks. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.